Um, if we haven't met yet, uh, my name is Mark, um, and I'm one of the pastors here at Impact Rock, and it's an honor to point you to Jesus week in and week out. Um, and it's an honor today to talk about uh, baptism. Um, so I'm going um, to lead us in prayer real quick, but um, I want us to do something first. During, uh, during the preschool, and so Impact Rock runs uh, a Christian preschool here called Little Launch Christian Preschool. Um, and so it, it's a total joy to hear how Kara and our teachers lead the students. And one of the things that Kara does uh, is this invitation. And in the invitation, um, Kara will call something out and the kids will repeat it. And so we're going to do one of those today. So everyone say, Holy Spirit, Spirit. come on in. in. She does that every morning. It is the most wonderful thing because the Holy Spirit is here to guide, to remind, to empower, and that's what we want him to do today. So Holy Spirit, we mean it. Come on in. Guide us and empower and bring revelation. Just cause the word of God to open up to us. Let us see things we've never seen and let us just receive from you, uh, instruction to, to just move forward and to move higher in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. What's the hungriest you've ever been? Do, do, Kara said right now. Man, we are a pampered society of right now. is first world problems, right? She's like, right now. I remember, I remember the, the hungriest I've ever been. Uh, it's before I moved out here, I lived in Oklahoma, and my buddy Kevin Rayleigh, he had a boat, and he had uh, a trailer on the lake, and a bunch of us went and did water sports, and it was awesome, and we were out there and doing the water sports and soaking up the sun, but we were in our early 20s, and so we hadn't given any sort of thought to lunch, and a late lunch at that, and so there came a point when on the boat, we're starving. We go back to the trailer. Nothing. Nothing there. So we all, because when you're, when you're hungry, like you're hungry with a group, like you're hungry together and you solve this problem together. So we all got in the cars. We drove to the local market, went straight to this small little market on this lake town, near this lake town, went straight to the meat section. And we're like, what do we, what do we eat? And we had this two factions. We had the hamburger faction and the steak faction. And we couldn't decide what we wanted, so you know what we did? Both! Absolutely, we did both. And I don't think we did any condiments. I think it was burgers, buns, cheese, chips, and steak. And so we went back, and we threw that food on there, and we, it was probably like a rare to medium, or I don't know, it, would, it wasn't well done, whatever it was. We cooked it as quick as it could, and said, that's good enough! And we just devoured it, and it was, it was incredible. It was delicious, every morsel. And I think the burgers were, were done first, so people are grabbing burgers, eating that. And then we, you know, the steaks are done, and so it was two-course meal, burgers and steaks, and it was incredible. None of us want to be hungry. We, we look at the word hunger as, you know, it's a negative word. We, we see it as a, this negative thing. But man, when that hunger is satisfied, oftentimes we have a story. Like oftentimes we, um, we're impacted and it's memorable and it's wonderful. Matthew 5, 3 through 6 tells us this. Bless, and this is Jesus beginning this very 
public message that we know is the Sermon on the Mount, and this is how he begins it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And this is the verse I really want you to pay attention to. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Satisfied. So I want you to know for a fact, with scriptural proof supporting this, God wants us satisfied. And on the flip side of that, the enemy wants us to live this unsatisfying life that drives us to look for satisfaction in what? Everything else but God. Everything else but God. Oftentimes sin. But when we hunger and thirst for God and his way of doing things, his righteousness, we're satisfied. We're satisfied. God makes sure of it. Friends, I feel like we need to gain a new revelation of what it is to have spiritual hunger and to stop looking at at hunger is, is this negative thing, but spiritual hunger is this thing that leads to growth and satisfaction and God's goodness. Hunger for more of God. Be insatiable for more of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read a passage from Luke 11, so if you want to turn to it, uh, you can, and it's a pretty chunky passage and it's pretty wonderful and in today's message um, we're going to talk about water baptism we are doing water baptism and it's pretty wonderful Um, I tell you what's really cool is um, no one in the house who's getting baptized today uh, are members of Impact Rock Church Um, we actually have a couple friends that they've been here before um, but Eutemia, who's right there in the, in the front row with her husband, Rick. Rick and Eutemia are getting baptized. And she was a girl when Kara and I were youth pastors, and then I think preteen and teen. So we used to go to church together at Pastor Al's church, and she was baptized as a child, but she saw on Facebook, I would posted a video that, hey, if you're baptized as a child, but it really, um, it was before you had a walk with the Lord, and you haven't been baptized since making that decision to follow Christ, and we want to baptize you. So she reached out to me and said, I want to be baptized. I'm like, that's awesome. She goes, my husband does too. I'm like, that's awesome. And so we talked about what the Lord was doing in their lives, and so we're very excited that you guys are here, and we, we love that. And then I want to let you know, um, we're not draining the water in the hot tub. The hot tub's on the other side of that garage door over there. Um, because on Wednesday, Andy Euchre, who's a pilot uh, for Southwest, um, he had to fly out this morning, and he'll fly back tonight. He'll fly back out tomorrow morning, and then he'll be back Wednesday morning. So Wednesday, Andy Euchre is being baptized as well. Um, so it's really cool, and, and we love that. So we're going to talk about water baptism, but we're also going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit today. And we're going to see that many times, so they are separate, they are different, but There's a lot of scriptures where they are both mentioned in the same passage, in that same passage of scripture. And so we're going to read several of those today. So first, um, with Luke 11, uh, verse 5. And Jesus said to them, Which of you has a friend who will come to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, 
for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Okay, so let me just, you know, make sure we understand the picture. A neighbor comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, neighbor, a friend of mine just unexpectedly arrived. I know it's midnight. Sorry for knocking so late. But they've been on a long journey and they're hungry. They are hungry. They're hangry. And I don't have anything to feed them. Do you, do you have three loaves? And it's, it's not for me. It'll be for them. I, I want to feed them, okay? So Jesus is telling this story. A friend of mine has arrived on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Don't bother me, clown. It's midnight. That's, that's I mean, most likely what I... I mean, I have great neighbors. I probably wouldn't. I, 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 I'd say, sure, I got food. Maybe. I don't know. Two o'clock, I don't know. Yeah, we can test it. Yeah, the Gurks are, are, you know, like, oh, we're testing this out. Um, So, uh, I digress. Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, but because of his impudence, because of his nagging persistence, because of his committed persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? What do we do with fish? Why would we ask for a fish? Why would we ask for a fish? To eat. Okay, we're hungry, okay? So, you know, again, Jesus is talking about hunger. He's using examples of feeding and hunger, okay? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. What do we do with an egg? Eat it, okay? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Again, we are talking about hunger here. And here's the message that Jesus is trying to get across. Hunger for God. Hunger Hunger for me, hunger for the Father, hunger for the Holy Spirit, and be persistent, be committed in your asking. So he just got done saying it, not because of friendship will that neighbor open the door, but because of your shameless persistence. That's what impudence is, is defined as, your shameless persistence. I ain't got nowhere else to go. I ain't got nowhere else to go. I'm going to be, I can be here all night. My friends need something to eat. I got nothing. You know me. I'm not going away. I'm not playing. I got nothing to feed them. You do. You do. I got nothing to feed you. I, I got nothing to feed you. He does. He does. 
So when I go to the Lord, I go with a shameless persistence saying, Lord, what do you want to speak to your people this week? What do you want to feed them with, Lord? I got nothing, Lord. There's nothing good inside me but you. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would give something to feed them because I got nothing to feed them. You see what I'm talking about? Okay. Now, we also have to be able to feed ourselves. If you are a follower of Christ, this is one meal you're getting today. This is one meal. And if this is the only meal you're getting, you are unhealthy. You are unhealthy because you're only eating once a week. And if you're a follower of Christ, you've got to be able to feed yourself. You've got to be able to go to the Lord and say, I'm hungry. I need you. And he's like, oh, I'll satisfy you, my girl. I'll satisfy you, my boy. We go to him hungry and he satisfies. All right, are we getting this? So 1 Peter 3, 20 through 21 says this. For during the the time of Noah, God patiently waited while the ark was being prepared, but only a few were brought safely through the flood waters, a total of eight souls. This was a prophetic picture of the immersion that now saves you. Not a bathing of the physical body, but rather the response of a good conscience before God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Peter here is saying, hey, the ark is a prophetic picture of baptism. Not, not to wash your, your bodies, but to, to bring cleansing and freedom to your souls. So he makes reference to a prophetic picture. We, said, we see this all the time, especially in, in the Old Testament. We see a prophetic picture, and then we see the fulfillment of it in the New Testament in Christ. And that's what Peter is drawing to light here. In the New Testament... Um, John, the, we know him, John the Baptist, but Jesus knew him as Cousin John. What up, cuz? They were cousins. And John was paving the way for Jesus. He was making declaration through prophetic act of what would come with Jesus. So John was taking people into the Jordan River, and he was dunking them in the river, and bringing them up, and their sins were being cleansed away. And it was a prophetic picture of what Jesus Christ would do. Jesus would come and pay in the price with his own blood. He would give his life. No one would take it from him. He would gladly lay it down in obedience to the Father. No one took Jesus' life from him. He laid it down willingly so that we could be connected with God so that the barriers of sin and shame could be tore down. So he laid down his life. He shed his blood. He was the perfect sacrificial lamb. Once again, prophetic pictures of sacrifice fulfilled in Christ Jesus, right? And so John is doing this prophetic picture of salvation. So in a minute, we're going to read um, from Matthew 3. Uh, I'm talking about Jesus' baptism. Um, Thank you. Um, We're going to see that Jesus was baptized, and I want to make it abundantly clear. Jesus wasn't baptized like these other folks were baptized because they were being baptized for, for the cleansing of their sins, but Jesus had no sins. Jesus was doing this to bring fulfillment, to fulfill all righteousness is what Scripture says. So Matthew 3.13, then Jesus came from Galilee. Oh, 
Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to be baptized by me? Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. So I found this picture online. It was probably the best non-cheesy picture of the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit descended as, as in the form of a dove, but it wasn't a dove. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, and I want you to know, the Holy Spirit descended and never left. Descended and remained. So you've got the Holy Spirit descending upon the Son, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit descending, and God the Father saying, this is my Son, whom I love, in him I'm well pleased. Now a couple things that are phenomenal about this. Number one, Jesus had never, he hadn't started his public ministry yet. He had never preached a public message. He he hadn't performed a miracle. This was the beginning of his ministry. Jesus is 29. He's, he's ready to embark on this public ministry. And the father says, this is my son whom I love and him I'm well pleased. The father didn't say that regarding the son because look at my son. Look at all he's accomplished. Look at all he's done. Look at all he's done in my name. Look at these miracles he's performed. Oh, I'm so proud of you and you I'm well pleased. Which for us as parents, that's, that's a wonderful thing to say, I'm proud of you. I'm well pleased in you. You know, man, you're such a good kid. And, and Jesus was like a great kid. But, but it wasn't based on his works that the father said that. In fact, Jesus couldn't have began this public ministry yet for two main reasons. Obedience and anointing. Obedience. Jesus, we see in Scripture that Jesus did nothing except what the Father tells him. That's what Jesus said. I do nothing except what the Father tells me. His life is an act of obedience that we model. Obedience matters. Jesus said, you're my friend if you do what I say. If you follow me, if you obey me, you're my friend. That's how I see friendship. And so when the Father said, okay, now, that's when he began his public ministry. But let me point something out. Anointing. Jesus didn't begin his public, begin his public ministry until the Holy Spirit fell upon him, baptized him, empowered him, filled him, and then he proceeded in power. And this, again, is a prophetic picture of what we are supposed to do. I I don't know where it's found exactly, but there was a priest named Sceva. He had some sons. The sons thought they could just... Sons of Sceva. They they thought... uh, 
Well, you know, our dad's a priest, so that means, you know, we got some sort of power. And so they were trying to cast out some demons and mess with demons, but they had no authority, no power. They were just trying to make a name for themselves, and the demons beat the tar out of them. There was a Christian punk band called Black Eyed Skiva back in the day, and I, I love that. I'm like, Black Eyed Skiva, that's awesome. Demons beat the heck out of these guys. Why? These sons of the priest. Because they tried to proceed in their own authority, in their own power, and outside the power of God. Even Jesus didn't do this. Even Jesus didn't proceed outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Later on in John, in John 14, 15, 16, immediately comes to mind where Jesus is raving about the Holy Spirit. Raving about the Holy Spirit. He's like, no, 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 you know, it, it is better that I go away because if I don't go away, the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and it will empower you and comfort you. And he takes three chapters of just raving about the Holy Spirit. He knows from experience. He's like, I, I'm just telling you, man, the first 29 years were pretty awesome. The last three, phenomenal. He's raving about the Holy Spirit because he knows what it is to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You guys, I think obedience and hunger are linked. Obedience and hunger are linked. When we hunger for the Lord and he says, okay, do this, Hunger drives you to, to do things that might often be bigger than you. Hunger might, I mean, um, Donnie Lane stood up here and talked about the worship team. Um, hunger for God might drive you to step out of your comfort zone and say yes, to stand up here on a platform and lead people into the presence of God in worship, even though it might be, on your, it might be beyond your comfort, Right? But hunger, hunger for the Lord drives us to, to obedience. Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, right? That's what he said. And this fulfillment consisted of obedience and anointing. Christmas, what we celebrate is Christmas. That's when God the Son, Jesus made his physical manifestation into the earth, right? The day he was born. Physical manifestation, manifestation just means it became obvious. It became manifest. It became clear, okay? So he, Jesus made his, God the Son, his physical manifestation onto the earth when he was born onto this earth. The Holy Spirit makes his physical manifestation on the earth at the baptism of Jesus. And just as he descended upon Jesus and never left, the Holy Spirit is here now. He never left. Now Jesus did. Jesus left out of obedience to the Father. It was the Father's will that after Jesus conquered death and rose from the grave, that he would ascend and take his place of honor and authority at the right hand of the Father. So he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus left. But the Holy Spirit didn't. And that's why Je Jesus says, I don't leave you as orphans. I'm not leaving you as orphans. 
the Holy Spirit's going to come and guide you into all truth. Okay? Are, are you seeing this? We are baptized in water, not because we want to become... I want to move from like a B-minus Christian to like a B-plus, A-minus Christian. I definitely want to be in that A range in my Christianity. We're not baptized in water because it, it makes us a higher grade of Christian. We're baptized in water because Jesus commanded it. He said, believe, believe in me. Jesus said, believe in me is the only means to the Father and be baptized and you'll be saved. It's an act of obedience. And I want you to know something right now. And I don't understand this, but I want to still declare it just as firmly as if I totally, fully understood it. Watch it out. There's a spiritual manifestation that takes place when we are baptized. Something spiritual takes place when we are baptized in water and, I, and we can't connotate it on the spot. Oh, there it is. Gift of prophecy. I see it right there. Okay, pretty awesome. Oh, they came out of the water discerning the spirits. Woohoo! Okay? But I'm, I'm telling you this right now. In this place of hunger and obedience to the Lord, something spiritual, something supernatural happens. This is a supernatural act demonstrated in obedience to Christ through this physical act of going into the water and coming up. So here's what I'm asking today. Hunger, just, just as, so I'll address the two of you, and I'll say the same thing to Andy Euchre. Just as you're being obedient to the Lord and being baptized in this, and there's a hunger for more of the Lord and to please him, hunger for the Holy Spirit. Now, water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit, they're two different acts, okay? But they're often, you see that based on hunger, things take place at the same time, like in the same, like, boom, boom, like dominoes, okay? And it's based on hunger. So I'm going to read, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, here we go. To Acts chapter 10, um, verse 43, I'm going to read this. Um, so says to him, uh, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through the name of Jesus. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the Holy Spirit was poured out even upon Hawk. For the Holy Spirit was poured out even upon to all, even to Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain, to stick around. So there's two ways that we see in Scripture how people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. One is just this hunger for God like these Gentiles in the house of Cornelius had. Just a hunger for God. And, and, and Jesus is like, everyone who hungers for righteousness is satisfied. Yes, there you go. Boom! And we also see later on that Paul laid hands on people and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came upon them. But I want you to know I, that there's not just one set pattern. You want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? You do this and you repeat these five things, and you know you do you know 
all these things, and you know you, and then you read these scriptures, and then you fast for three days, then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. No, we do see the common denominator of hunger. And I love that Peter's like, hey, hey righteous, like self-righteous guys. Like I think Peter was including himself. Hey, all of us self-righteous guys. What now? They got the, the same Holy Spirit we got. They got the same manifestations of the Holy Spirit that we got. So can we keep them from being baptized in water? New Testament church born, baby. New Testament church coming together. So here's, here's what I want to say to everyone, okay? This message is for everyone. If you hunger for more of the Lord, ask for more of the Lord. If you hunger for the things of the Holy Spirit, ask for the things of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been with, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and if you don't fully operate in the gifts of the Spirit, ask your Father who gives fish and eggs, not serpents and stones. Ask Him for good things. And how much more will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? But it comes from hunger and obedience. It comes from obedience and that anointing that comes. We're going to pray because this is the end of my message and we got people to baptize. But here's the call to action. And, and, and just so you guys know, this is the way I operate. Like, you don't, you don't got to... I don't need a pep rally. If there's a game to be played, I'm ready to play weeks before the game. I don't need a pep rally. If, if there's an opponent to beat, I'm, I'm ready. That's the way I am. But I understand we're not all like that. Some of us need that pep rally. So let this serve as the pep rally. But I'm telling you right now, there's a game that we're called to compete in. And if you want more of the Lord, just ask him and he'll give it. And here's, here's if, if that's you, like say, Mark, I asked for more of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to expect now. And then we'll just kind of walk these things out together and we'll see. All right, maybe let me know if anything out of the ordinary happens. Like you start speaking in tongues, that's out of the ordinary, let me know. And all of a sudden you feel this, this you know, prophetic unction and you start declaring the, the, the goodness of God. Okay, let, let's, let's share in dialogue. But here's the key. The key is not me or anyone in this place laying hands on you. I just need you to know that. In fact, I like to stay out of the way a little bit. It is calling out saying, Father, I desire the Holy Spirit. Would you give me more? Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I don't even know what that means. I just want more. I'm hungry. And I know nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will satisfy. I'm hungry. I'm hangry even for you. And let's just see what he does. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I, there's so many scriptures I went past. Um, but Lord, you just, you've given us the coolest things to, to point us to you. And then Holy Spirit, you, you unpack that scripture in the most amazing ways. And you bring revelation, you reveal. So I just pray that right now, that hunger would be stirred up. Lord, help us with our hunger. If we have a hunger problem or we're not hungering for you, help us with that, Lord God. I pray that you would just empty us of the things that, that are filling our spiritual bellies right now that aren't you. Lord, and get those things out by any means necessary so that we can be empty and hungry for you and filled by you.
In Jesus' name, amen.